We're back with another episode of Do You Follow Podcast, and Rachel and I have a very special guest today. We have Isadora Salas, who does social at Everlane on the podcast. Isadora, thank you for being here. Thanks for having me. I'm super excited. Can I add a late-breaking question before we even yeah. dive in? Can we talk about your yeah. full name? Sure. Yeah, <laughs> you have cool question. parents. Like, before we even get into anything else, like, can we just really quickly, like, why do you have such yeah. a cool name? Okay, so there are like two reasons. The first is that I'm um, half Jewish. I don't know if that's even a thing, but my parents both, uh, they are in the Jewish faith, you are named after someone who's passed away in the family. And so my great great grandfather, his name was Isidore. And so they named me Isadora. But then the second part is that my mom really loved um, the modern dancer, Isadora Duncan. Sure. And so I was named after her as well. And then I even became a sixth generation Isadora Bolt dancer, which is what they're oh. called. Wow. <laughs> and when you're like six years old and doing it, you're like quite adorable. So it does, it does work. But oh, that my is God, so that's cute. So cute. Oh, Wait, see, but okay. So you pronounce it Isadora, but you also said it could also be Isadora. Right. So I was born in Miami and obviously everyone in Miami is like Isadora. And then <laughs> yeah. and then when I moved to New York when I was 12, it like kind of shifted to Isadora. But it kind of it either works. I'm fine with comfortable with both. <laughs> okay, so Isadora, tell us a little bit about your role at Everlane. You have such a fun job. I remember when Rachel and I were at Birchbox. And you guys were doing Transparency Tuesdays on Snapchat. I yeah. would like watch it every week and we got so many ideas from you. So thanks for like sharing your social knowledge with us all. Oh, thanks. Well, it's so funny. I feel like we we really heavily dove into Snapchat when it first started. And Transparency Tuesday was something that we kind of did as a test. Um, and then we realized really quickly that like... It was kind of the perfect format in that it was repeatable content that was really easy to produce and yet it always changed. So like we didn't have to prepare that much. It was relatively low effort, but because we were sourcing questions from the community, there was always like new content to have in this like repeatable segment that people ended up like kind of like looking forward to. Um, so we still do it today. I've been doing it like for four years now. I've been at Everlane for almost five and um, it's really crazy. It's just like one of those things that has stuck. <laughs> and yeah. tell people exactly, like if people don't know. Well, for those of you who don't know Everlane, we pride ourselves on this concept of uh, radical transparency, which basically means that we like share the cost breakdown of all of our products, um, what our markup is, all the factories that we work with, et cetera. Um, and so in the spirit of transparency, we would source questions from Snapchat or Instagram. Sometimes we would do it on Twitter or Facebook, and we would answer in like in basically in real time on our story. Um, and so all the questions were like, you know, community sourced, um, all the answers were from people in the office generally. So people who are like experts in their field. So if it was like a question on like, how do you make your jeans? It's like me going to the production team and asking them to really explain the breakdown of how we like, you know, make our products or, um, that sort of thing. So that's basically what Transparency Tuesday is. And it's become like a really great way for us to have like a direct one-on-one conversation with our community. That's also, you know, content and provides um, something like a value to people, not just the person who's asking it. Sometimes with like a lot of the new direct to consumer brands, like they all kind of feel the same, which isn't like, not in a bad way. Like they're talking to like, you know, someone in their 20s today, but they can all sort of feel like you could buy this suitcase and this glasses and this lip gloss. Like they could all be from the same brand, though they're making different products. But I really, truly feel like Everlane is not that. I always just feel like actually the visual design of Everlane and like the brand really stands for something with this transparency um, theme is woven through everything. It's not just Mm -hmm. like an afterthought it's like a real real part of what you guys do um and I love Everlane because of that well I think that's like a really good point because like I think in my early in my career at Everlane especially on social like all of a sudden it was like you know all these colors and like videos of puppies and like I was like we could have like amazing engagement if we like post this stuff right but like it's just not our brand and like at the end of the day like yes you want to be getting good engagement and yes you want to be like appealing to like 
what's trending on social, but you also want to feel like you have a really strong point of view on everything that's coming from like the band, brand, like look, tone, feel, voice, that whole thing. And I think it kind of taught me a lot really early on that like, no, we're not going to post like, you know, an adorable video of like a goat prancing through a field. Like, yes, I love it, but that's just not like the Everlane brand. So like, how do we sort of find the trends and make them work for us in a way that feels like minimal, transparent, um, you know, and whatever the, our core values are when it comes to like how we talk to our customers. So Isadora, how did you get to Everlane in the first place? And how did social kind of become your career? I've been at Everlane since I've left college. I was like, I went to Parsons in New York and I was like a serial interner. And I was very much like in the PR world, like very like Devil Wears Prada, like on 40th and, and like in Broadway calling my boss. And I'm like, there is no like 40 West... 40th street and she's like yes there is look harder and then she like calls me back and it's like oh sorry it's like east 40th and I'm like ah um, so yeah that was like my life for a while and then I landed an internship um at refinery 29 and I was there for all my whole senior year and there I kind of saw a little bit of like the influencer and social world and I was starting to like kind of pique my interest and right about that time I was like about to graduate and I was really scared of like you know entering the real world um and I remember there was like a uh, an email that they sent that was like go west and then that same day someone from Everlane like our our uh, head of people reached out to me on LinkedIn and I was like oh this is like a sign I should apply and then um, oh. three months later I graduated and joined the team um, my first role there was like very much in marketing but like very kind of like a jack of all or a Jane of all trades, I should say, where I was like doing a, like PR, social influencer, things like that. But I think um, coming from this background of PR, something that I saw working in social was this like really heavy emphasis on community and content, which I really, really liked. And so that's kind of how I pivoted into that world. Um, and so now a lot of my role is um, around like content strategy and building out like how, what are the different pillars and how we talk to our consumers through our different social channels. And that differs right from like an Instagram to like, say, a YouTube, which we just like relaunched, which has been really fun and challenging um, to like a Snapchat or a Twitter or whatever. Um, how do how are we communicating on those channels in a way that like our customer there wants? Um, so that's like a lot of my my current role. Um, but it's amazing. It's been amazing to like be at the brand for as long as I have and see like how much we've grown and how our how our like customers have changed. And it's it's awesome. Yeah. How has your social strategy changed since you started to now? Because I mean, five years ago, social media was a totally different landscape. Right. Yeah. So ironically, we're still like about the same amount of people on my team, <laughs> which is like, which is, which is, we're working on, we're hiring. Like, yeah. How big is your team? Um, so we sit on the brand marketing team and right now it's just two people. Wow. So me and someone else at the moment. I love that. But we are hiring. So if anyone's listening and they want to apply, please do. Um, extra points if you say that you heard me on the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> um, but when I first started, we were like scrambling all the time. Like we had no real strategy. It was really like, and I think the beauty of it then though, was that we really were in this world of like spontaneity, which I think is kind of the sweet spot for social. Like if you can create content that's spontaneous, but also feels like really relevant, Generally speaking, I think like you're you're destined for success. But I think our problem was that we're a business, you know, we're not like just like a fun account. So we have to have like, you know, content that ladders back up to business goals and product launches and things like that. And so a lot of the time it was just like we were flying by the seat of our pants, like trying to get content out there. In like the years since then, we've really worked hard to develop like different streams of how we're getting content so that the feed feels like diversified and it's not just like the same kind of photo every day. We, while we work with our creative team, but we also sort of like maintain this understanding that like what works on email and site isn't always gonna work on social. So like how do we basically take that same creative idea and you know streamline it or optimize it for the social channel that it's being posted on. So that's a lot of like the current stuff that I do. Um, and then Lastly, I would say that like, you know, 
obviously you want to keep that spontaneity, but having a content calendar is like so important. I know it sounds like so basic, but in the early days, we really didn't have one. Um, and now, um, we have a content calendar that like is my Bible and yes, things are always shifting, but like being a month out and being able to have that like high level view of a month is so amazing. Cause then you can kind of see like, wait a second, we're posting about inspiration three times this week and not posting about like, you know, our values at all. Like let's switch this around so that we're kind of hitting all the points we want to hit throughout the entire month. Can you talk a little bit about your process and the tools that you use to manage your content? Like how far yeah. in advance are you building out the calendar? Are you using things like Asana, Google Sheets, kind of what are the tactical like nitty gritty of how you manage yeah. this? So I feel like we use so much and I think a big thing that I want to do is like streamline the amount of tools that we use. Um, obviously I use Dash Hudson because mm -hmm. that's how we all met. Um, <laughs> and I know you guys are big fans. I'm a big fan. <laughs> um, yeah, it's great. We love it. Um, we use Dash to kind of like measure like the success of our own ownable channels. And then another thing I use in terms of content calendar is Asana. Um, I know that there are a lot of other like really, really in-depth content calendar tools out there, but they are really expensive. So I do think that like Asana is like a good workaround um, if you are on a tighter budget. In terms of like how I uh, build into like campaigns and things like that, we have like a social listening tool we use called NetBase, which essentially is like looking at the internet as a whole and how people are talking about, like basically you can run queries. So for example, if I wanted to, if we were going to launch um, a product that is like, you know, sustainable or has like sustainable features, like I would maybe run a query and to understand like, how are people talking about, you know, sustainability as it like relates to water or plastics? Like what are the things that they want to know about? So that when we're marketing that category, we can really speak to the things that we know people are like, talking about or that's trending um, that right now is like interesting to people and so that we can kind of like add value to the conversation. So that's, those are generally like the, the cool. main tools that we use. Yeah. What is the content on Everlane that um, even just like on Instagram or Facebook that does the best? And I'm using air quotes because like that could mean different for a retailer. It's like does the best could mean like people clicked through and purchased or does right. the best could mean like got a lot of likes and comments, which helps your account as a whole. So like maybe a little bit about both and like, both. how does that influence to your point, your content calendar? Like, cause I feel like what we talk about a lot is like the different types of things that we post. Right. And why, Yeah, you know, I'm going to step back for a second and, and basically share like what our, like what my main KPI is, which is essentially like, I yeah. want to right, right. drive like brand love so yes, I obviously okay. we want to sell products, but I think at the end of the day, like selling like revenue and selling products is kind of a byproduct of brand love. So for us on organic social, yeah. like it is really important to like, like get views and reach and engagement and things like that. Like who knows what's going to happen when likes go away. Um, but I do think that's like the way we are sort of measuring success. But to answer your question around like the kind of content that I believe works best for us in that world of like brand love basically anytime we can like really share a strong point of view when it comes to our values and if it's tied to a product even better. So for example, when we launched our renew collection last year, um, which was like a, a collection of uh, outerwear made out of recycled plastic bottles. Um, we also like led out with basically a commitment that was like by 2021, we will have removed all like virgin plastic from our supply chain. So I think like, you kind of have to put, you know, your money where your mouth is, where it's like, sure, like we could launch just a collection of plastic, like bottle outerwear, which is great. But like, what else are you doing to like really make this like a lasting thing for the brand? And so I think we, we, we do letters a lot, um, which generally come from either our CEO and founder or like from yeah. the brand as a whole. And those tend to be like some of our top performing content, because I think one, it's speaking to the things that make us unique as a brand, you know, like our values, what we believe in, um, and how we want to like, always constantly strive to do better um, is a really big thing for us. So I think those are our, our best. And then like a side note, which is like unrelated flats always kill it for us. 
just always hmm. across the board. Oh, it's like the easiest thing to so shoot. Funny. I know it's crazy, but like some of our. Why do you think that content. is? I'm gonna look. Are people like into feet? Well, like flat, like um, flat lays. So like sweaters posted flat. Yeah, everyone's got a foot fetish. You meant shoe flats. I was like, why? Like what? <laughs> oh my god. Okay, so like laid like um flat lays. Okay, okay, got yeah. it. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, but no, that's pretty much, that's pretty much like the two best performing things. And then of course, like whenever we share inspiration, like architecture and stuff like that. But at the end of the day, it's mm -hmm. like, I would say if to take like all of that and kind of like create like a high level reason, like just like sharing a really strong point of view, whether that's on like a product mm -hmm. or on like, you know, your values. Like I think being able to have a really strong point of view that has like clear like look tone and feel and branding is really really important for us you know I really like how you just um took a step back and we're like let me talk about what my KPIs are because like we talk about this all the time people will come to us with a question like how do I convince the higher-ups at my company xyz and I think that like even though we take it for granted because of the types of companies we've worked at like people are still sometimes confused about Instagram and social media at, like a more um traditional or like older company and I yeah. I agree with you by the way that like um in most cases social media should be used for like loyalty and engagement and like growing like awareness and community and that sales should come second because email is probably going to be a bigger sales driver anyway or or search um but like there are definitely social. brands like, mm -hmm. or paid social, sorry. Yeah. Or paid, yeah. like, yeah, um, I feel but like there are definitely well. brands in beauty where organic Instagram is like their biggest sales channel. So mm -hmm. it's like, know your business. First of all, like is organic Instagram and Facebook and Snapchat and YouTube, like, are you selling as many products there as you are on email? Then sales should be your KPI. And like, if not, then be focused more on like what, um, Isidore is saying um but in any case like know what they are you know what I mean yeah um I think like if you if like your company is like here's our goal like at the end of the day it's revenue right now or like customer ac activation then I would say like okay right. great then invest your dollars in paid social as well as like search and like email and things like that because like paid social can be like a huge driver of that sort of thing. But then you, you really want to have like a really yes. in-depth media plan. Who are you targeting? Like mm -hmm. what's the, you know, what channels are you, are you doing paid social on? Um, but when it comes to organic, I would say like you, you really should be optimizing for like, you know, engagement and mm -hmm. brand love. And also, I mean, I've worked at companies where there were large budgets for paid social, but the brand like, identity and connection with the community was not there and that's just like not a sustainable business in my opinion because sure you can like sell a lot of products but there's no kind of like connection and halo effect of the whole experience right so, like, it's just another you know direct to consumer product at the end of the day yeah so I think, like that was my mm -hmm. sort of like jumping from birchbox i went to theory afterwards which it, like Everlane was brought up in every single meeting with the CEO. And it was like, this is so obvious to me. Like you guys don't know who your brand is or who your customer is. And it's so hard to be successful on social if you don't know that. And it all just ties together. Like they invested a lot in paid social, but like there still was this sort of like connection with the customer that was missing. That was like going to make people understand like, oh, this is a theory shirt versus just like any other brand. Yeah. Yeah. And paid social too, like you still need to have like a brand perspective on those, mm -hmm. on, in those things. Cause like you have to like catch people's eye really quickly and it's still social, right? I mean, like, obviously you want it to be like maybe a little bit more product focused and things like that, but like it's still social. So people expect to see things that they want to see on social. My mom will like buy stuff off of Facebook ad, like having no idea like what brand it came from. It like might as well just be like a television commercial. Yeah. And like, I just think that's really different than like being like, okay, we know what content performs best on our Instagram and we're going to pay to just like make sure even more people see it. You know what I mean? Yeah. And those should have different goals also. So it's yeah. just like, even within paid social, there's like just different. Yeah. 
throw my mom under the bus, but like. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, mom. <laughs> I think that like your organic and paid don't have to be the exact same if the goals are different, but like have them work together, especially mm -hmm. if like you're targeting people that have never heard of your brand and paid. And then if they, if you catch their eye, they're like, oh, I'm going to click on their, you know, Instagram yeah. and go to their feed. Like you want to make sure that when they come to their feed, they're still like, oh, this could be a brand for me. They don't exactly. want it to be like a completely, like so many times recently yeah. I've clicked on a, a paid social ad and I've gone to the account and it's like, there's nothing there. Or like, it's like a completely different brand. And I'm like, I feel like catfish yeah. kind of, you know, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so like, I'm like, I'm like, what the hell is this? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> totally. Okay. Obviously Everlyn is such a visual brand and create, how do you work with the creative team? Like what kind of conflicts arise, if any, how do you work through mm -hmm. that? How do you sort of like differentiate who does what? Because I yeah. know it can kind of, especially to like, visual brand like yours, there can be some conflation of sort of like who is in charge of what. Right. Yeah, for sure. So the creative team and I have a really great relationship. I think we've got kind of have clear guardrails up over like who owns what in terms of channels. Um, I think where it's been really helpful for me because like I'm not like a graphic designer. I'm not a photographer. And like in the early days of Everlane, like I was like shooting on iPhone and like, you know, la, 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 and it was like not ideal content, but like it worked. And I think now I've developed like clear look, tone and feel stuff for our Instagram that I'm able to communicate with um, the creative team. So essentially what I do is like, we're all brief briefed on product around the same time. And then when I'm building into tactics, um, I'm basically writing a brief for our creative team that understands like, here's like the general story for this product. Here's how I want it shot. Here's inspiration for those shots. Um, sometimes I'm on set. Um, and then Another like part of that is kind of having them kind of keeping me in the loop so that our stories are aligned so that I'm never like telling a story that like is not at all that doesn't speak at all to like the story that they're telling for a product. I think like a good example of this would be like for our the launch of our day glove, which was like a couple of years ago, the the like creative idea was that this is like the shoe that you can wear all day long. It's super comfortable. And they did like a lot of like really beautiful shots of like people like or one person wearing this shoe and like really showed off all the features of the shoe. And I was like, that's great. How do we tell that on social in a way that feels like not like what everyone says on social, which is like every brand is like my thing is the best thing. Um, so what we did was we were like, let's leverage our community here and sort of send um, shoes to like a hundred top customers and ask them to just like put it to the test and like take screenshots of their health app of like how many like steps they walk to prove that it's comfortable to walk in and like, you know, go on vacation, use it to travel, like do all this stuff. And then we got all this content back and all this, like all these like proof points that were able to reinforce that creative idea in a way that still felt like fun for social and like had like different content. Cause I also think like, especially if you have a big launch and you're posting about that product or launch, like for weeks on end, mm -hmm. how do you keep that interesting? Because like oh, if you're using like content from the same source for all, like every day of posting, I feel like that, like your engagement's just going to drop off so quickly. So mm -hmm. being able to like work with your community, work with influencers, work with your creative team. We also work, I have like a social force photographer that I also brief in like, for everything just so that we have like a big bank of content mm -hmm. um has been like that's that's sort of how we work now with the creative team and then also other sources to make sure that like our content's always feeling fresh and new okay tell us about everlane women yeah everlane <laughs> women so everlane women was started um i guess like two to three years ago now maybe two and a half years ago and it kind of was just started out of this like okay people are always tagging Everlane in their photos and we're getting all this amazing content, but we can't always like share it on our feed because of like things like business goals and product launches and la 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 la. So we were like, okay, well we still want to like highlight these customers and like feature them. So we created this basically just completely community driven UGC account to just share uh, like outfit inspiration um, different ways to style, different perspectives on fashion. I think the beauty of Everlane Women too is that because the Everlane channel has such a specific like look, tone, and feel, we're able to stray from that a little and really like 
you know, spotlight our consumers who have their own unique perspectives on our product um, so that it feels like more relatable to everyone. Anyone can get involved. Um, yeah. So it's kind of been an account that's kind of run itself for a while. I actually think for 2020, there's like some stuff I want to do with it to make it like, to like add a bit more strategy behind it. Cause right now it really is like, we just want to highlight our amazing customers. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's kind of, it's kind of taken off and it, it's, it's great. I always get like fun outfit inspiration from it. Oh, I mean, you guys are so lucky that the people who wear your clothes are really cool and take great content for social media for the most part, you know? Mm -hmm. So this like looks like, even though it's user generated content, it has such a consistency throughout it, which is really cool. Yeah. I'm obsessed with this. And what I was going to say is that like, I feel like people get nervous about having more than one account. And I'm like, yeah. who cares? Like regular Everlane, like all kinds of people might call that like men and women, people who are just like in retail, like Juliet mentioned theory, like I could see all kinds of marketers following it just for like ideas and inspiration. Maybe people who are really into the environment, like investors, like all kinds of people. Mm -hmm. Women who are going to follow the Everlane women account are like women who are interested in fashion and looking for like, um, outfit inspiration and totally. those two groups are both like really valuable you still have a hundred thousand followers they're like I think mm -hmm. it's really smart I just like love your attitude about it I feel like this was like how we were at Birchbox where it's just like try it and if it doesn't work like you don't have to do it like people are so uptight about yeah. trying new things yeah that's the beauty of social is the is the testing ability Right. Like, right. It's like exactly. every day is kind of a fresh slate. Um, you can always try something new. It, I mean, with like Instagram stories, it'll disappear after like 24 hours, you know, but like, yeah, you got to have fun with it. Otherwise it's like boring. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Let's move along. I feel like I have so many more questions for you, but time is of the essence. <laughs> so we have a, um, we have an Instagram audit session today that we right. would love your help with. Um, so this is where listeners from our community will ask us to, um, basically consult their Instagram account for their business, um, or for the company they work at. So today we have one for Globar. Um, this was actually started by a former birch boxer as well. Her name's oh, cool. Rachel Liverman. Um, and it's this really amazing skincare concept in New York City, and they're expanding. Um, but it's, I'm a member, so you get a monthly membership, or you can go sort of like one off. It's 30 minutes of a licensed esthetician who does facial treatments for you. And it's all like super high quality, like effective treatments. So there's like an LED light, lactic acid peels, microcurrents. It's amazing. And I go every month now and my skin has never been better. So yeah, I was going to say your skin looks amazing. Oh, thank you. <laughs> yeah. Julia um, has great skin. <laughs> thanks guys. So let's review Globar. Um, and Isadora, we would love your expertise as a social marketer as well. Um, and this could be sort of anything from, you know, grading the grid, the captions and hashtags usage, any messaging. So tell us what you think on first glance of Globar. Okay. So on first glance, I think they obviously the red is standing out to me. And I love when brands have like a specific color that like is their color because it does allow for a lot of opportunity um, in content. The only thing I would say though is when you are posting like that color that's not like from your own like sources, making it kind of feel at least somewhat relatable to the brand. I noticed that some of the red is like, like a picture of like a red wall with like shoes next to it. Like I'm, I just doesn't feel like as on brand, but um, other than that, I think like, it's great that when you land on the feed, there's like such a cohesive color. Um, it just really like makes it like more welcoming and makes you want to scroll. I couldn't agree more. Like I give, I, I'm not the hugest fan of just like inspiration mm -hmm. that doesn't have like that a point much to of do view. with. Yeah. Yeah. Like it's the color and I get that that's the brand, but it, like, I don't think it's adding value, I guess. Right. Yeah. I think, I think that that would be my second point too, is like you gave an amazing intro, Juliet, um, but I wasn't really familiar with Globar. So when I come to the feed, I don't immediately know like what I, what this service is. Mm -hmm. yeah. So I think like 
having a better on, and maybe it's like in the bio, maybe I know that there's like, they have on their highlights, like me, us and stuff. Um, but I'd love to sort of, because their product is kind of a service, it would be great to have like more of that in the feed, whether that's like video. I mean, I think you guys do an amazing job with social first video content in feed. Cause like, I feel like it's now becoming like a huge thing and you guys are so on top of it and I want to be more on top of it too. But having like actual video footage of the, the service that they provide sprinkled throughout the feed could be like a really easy way to just make someone be like, Oh, I get it. Now it's like a facial bar, like amazing. Everyone loves facials. I'm in, they click the follow button. I totally agree. The bio to your point, like could, this is something we always talk a lot about is like, I would say like on the spectrum of like clever to informative, like I always tell people like veer more towards informative, like I'd rather know exactly who you are and what you do and what you want me to do and have you be like a little less clever. So like I would add like face your skin is like fine. 30 minute treatments always, but like you could say like, right. Glow bar is a facial bar. Like we are located in Tribeca, like come in and get a facial. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. I also think like they have clearly an amazing community um, because a lot of their content is community. I would say it looks like some of these community photos are screenshots from their Instagram stories because the quality is, is not great. And I would say if that's the case, maybe instead of like posting this photo of them, you get a quote from them and put it on like your red color background in your fonts. It's like really grabby. Cause I, I'm a big fan of like, I know this is like some like kind of unpopular opinion to some, but like, I really like text-based posts if they have like a really strong point of view and like good graphic design. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think I actually noticed that they're working with like, we're not really strangers or they've been like posting her and she's, she's amazing. It's like the same color red and she does her, all of her content is really just like words and like her own like words and like stuff like that. And I think it performs like insanely well because it's stuff that really resonates with people. So I think if they could reinforce or like by using customer quotes, it kind of builds credibility because it's like, yes, they're posting on their channel, but it is coming from someone who doesn't work from the brand um, and can kind of help mix up the feed a bit too. Yeah. And skincare is so difficult to show Mm -hmm. in a beautiful way, like in an aspirational way. And I think it would like those testimonials are so important to get people to like come in the door in the first place. I think that's a great point. For sure. I think also in the, in the captions kind of back on the point of like, what's the voice of the brand? Yeah. I want more from the captions. Like I want sort of like, okay, if I'm looking at a picture of someone who came in and they got a custom treatment, okay. Like how can I get that? Like, what Mm -hmm. do I need to do? I, I want it to always sort of tie back to like, what is the call to action? Totally. And I think there's like an opportunity for education here, right? Cause like yeah. the skincare market is so saturated. Like everyone and their mother is like on Instagram posting about their like self-care Sunday and their, and their like facial. So like, how do you like share what like your expertise is? Like clearly they have like a whole squad of amazing skincare experts. Like what mm-hmm. if once a week they took like questions from the community on how to like tips for how to take care of your skin and then make it more because I know that they are like a location but like how do you appeal to people outside of just New York City like Mm -hmm. offer really informative skincare tips that are like easy to do and for anyone not just people who are able to go to your service because then when you do expand or like if you launch a product in like Sephora like those people are like oh great I can finally try this and I've been loving the tips that they've been giving me you know. So, okay, I have a question for you. They do that from time to time on their stories. Oh, and I that. was just looking and it's under this highlight called Skin Facts. Oh, amazing. But you wouldn't know that if you're like just coming to their channel. So what are your thoughts on stories and sort of how you organize them? Like, should they be doing one every for like every sort of type of content they're talking about in this when they interview estheticians like they're talking about dry and sensitive skin in one and maybe like a different type of concept in another like should all live on one or should there be multiple highlights they could do that I think I mean it kind of gets then it gets like crowded with the highlights but it would be like 
I guess like a little bit easier for people who are like, okay, well I have dry skin, so I don't want to sit through oily skin. You know, I want to just like click on that one. I do think though, to the point about captions and like to giving them a little bit more point of view and education, they could like give tips in their captions when they feature like a customer and they'd be like, the customer quote, and then it's like, so-and-so has dry skin and came in and got our XYZ facial, which has these properties that I know nothing about skincare, but like, like basically kind of educating on the product through their captions as well to kind of at least have it sprinkled in the feed. Cause you can be both inspirational and have beautiful content and also really informative to your point, Rachel, the bio. Um, thing. Yeah. So that's like what I, I would want. Like if you look at this, like a lot of these pictures of people are that came in are like really mm-hmm. pretty. Like this girl with the blue eyeliner. Like yeah. who is she? I want it to be like this is Juliet. Like she works at Everlane. Like she mm-hmm. came in and got this kind of facial. Like yeah, that's a great idea. Here's what she had to say about it. Like and you could have like a wall or something like in your store. Yeah. Like they're mm-hmm. already sort of doing that. See how these girls are taking these selfies in front of that like marble. Mm-hmm. Like obviously Glossier does a really good job with this. Actually, those all look like pretty cute in front of that like yeah. marble thing. Glossier does a good job. Um, Lovely Bride does a good job. Like have a selfie set up mm-hmm. so you can get like well lit like good selfies and yeah. have people, you know. Um, yeah, I feel like salons do that a lot. Like when they yeah. cut your hair, they put you in like a little area and then they take a picture yeah. and you look great and everyone's happy because it's like, yeah, you yeah. can post it on your feed. Totally. And even if every picture isn't like perfect, if it's like consistency on that same backdrop, yeah. mm-hmm. the ones that are really strong will carry the ones that aren't as strong. And if they're like well lit, it's probably going to be fine. I also think like something I'm kind of noticing here too is like, I am an advocate for like posting when you have something to say. If you don't have something to say, mm-hmm. don't post. Like, yeah. I know that there's like a bunch of like mixed reviews on like, well, with the algorithm and la la la. And I'm like, to that, I just say, well, they're getting rid of likes, so who cares anymore? But um, like, for example, like one of these photos is like a picture of like a Rolex and like a red nail or something. And I'm like, I don't understand at all like what this post is about or like for and so just making sure but then the next post is like a really cute selfie of a girl who's like with a customer quote and it's like great and Mm -hmm. so I think like you don't have to post just because it's like a new day and you should be posting every day I think like yes it's great if you can but like don't just like you know last minute try and find content to send a post out there if you don't have it and I feel like what can get like addicting for people is like I'm looking through this and it's like okay this picture of the sand got more likes than like the girl before it. Right. But, like, I don't care. Like this, this is just my opinion. Like, mm-hmm. and I hear her, she's like plagued by dry skin. Like she actually is sort of tying that in, mm-hmm. but it's, you made this point like much earlier, like anyone can post a picture of a puppy and get a lot of likes, but like why? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know, I'm also noticing, like, they have, like, such cute branding. Like, I'm looking at yeah, the really cute. that's, like, this. But I don't really see it in their posts outside of, like, this post. But it's, like, you could create, like, a really cute graphic that's even, like, with that, like, with the customer quote thing yeah. on that red in that font totally. that I would be, like, oh, this is super cute mm-hmm. and would, like, have information that's of value to me, you know? Yeah, and it's more, like, owned for their branding versus, like – you know, they repurpose a lot of this like glow bar red color, but to your point, like there's so many opportunities with their own like existing product and, you know, just the store that they could do that. For They're sure. also lucky. Like Rachel is like a great personality. She's very good on camera. She's like a great, like yeah. founder. CEO. She like is an expert. Oh, they should have her on there. Yeah, exactly. So she is on here, but I'm actually noticing like, all the ones of Rachel are like not really well lit. They should like take the time to like find a spot in the store yeah. where Rachel can just like talk to camera. And to your point, like if they do feel they need to post every day because they're trying to grow the account, like on days where you don't have a great customer selfie or whatever, like just have Rachel talk to camera about like a skincare tip. Yeah, for sure. What do you guys think about this one? If you scroll way back, there's like a baby, like, um, getting a facial it's been like going viral 
that yeah. video. <laughs> what do you think about that stuff? Like, because they are a skincare channel, like, are you for or against this? I'm for it. If, if yeah, like, me too. I'm, I'm for it for sure. Cause like, this is like not owned content that is related to their service, right? Yeah, like, right you can right. tie that into it. And this, also, this baby is like so adorable. I, I cannot. <laughs> oh my God. They got 958 likes on this. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. Like, to me, this is a good like Sunday night post. Yeah. Yeah. You're taking totally. it easy. You don't need to like, you know, rush people to like go buy something. It's just like, hey, by the way, remember us? <laughs> yeah. Okay. If you had to give Glowbar a grade, what letter grade would you give them for their Instagram? Hmm. Um, I would give them like a B minus B. They're moving in the right direction. I think it's just kind of tightening the brand a bit on social mm -hmm. so that it feels like it's really clear who they are, what they're selling and like what value they're trying to add to your life. Okay. We are going to play some games now. Yay. So let's actually, let's start with Instagram roulette. So everyone open up your phones, okay. open up Instagram. Isadora, you pick a number and we will scroll as many times as that number and whatever post we land on, you have to say who that account is and why you follow them. Okay. Am I picking a number like through like 10 or something? Well, yeah, we can, we can go to 10. So we're not scrolling for hours. Hour. Okay. <laughs> um, seven. Okay. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. I mean, I, ha I landed on the cut, which is like every everyone's favorite oh. Instagram account. So like, I feel like I kind of got an easy one. <laughs> What's it a picture of? It's, um, see, I think the cut for the globe back to the globe bar thing does a great job of this where they do their like article in their font. It's like the yes. article headline, just like the text, yeah. but because the text is like, so, you know, fun or funny or sad or whatever it is, like it immediately grabs your attention. But the, it says, well, apparently the adulting industry is booming. Hmm. So I, I don't really know what that is, but I want to find out. So then I'll like read the caption. Maybe I like it, that whole thing. What does the caption say? Are they telling you to go to the link in their bio to read the article? So another thing that they do that's really good is they give you like a really brief summary of what the article is. And then it's like link in bio for the full article. Mm -hmm. You know, the shade room yeah. also does a really good job at that. And I'm yeah. a big fan of the shade room. Rachel, what, what did you land on? Oh, I landed. This is really funny. I landed on Whitney at Whitney um, from Bumble. Baby. She just had mm -hmm. a baby and the baby's name is Bobby. Oh my god. Oh my god. That's so funny. I saw Which that is this also morning. The name of my baby and people are oh. always like, "Oh, that's so funny." Like his name is Robert, obviously, but like um you don't know a lot of people our age that go by Bobby if their name's Robert, they like go by Rob. And right. but it looks like she named him like actual Bobby. Wow. Like it looks like his name is Bobby Lee Heard the second and they're calling him Bo, so I wonder if his real name is Robert. So I like that his name is Bobby, obviously, and <laughs> I think she's interesting. Okay, I landed on Necessaire, that oh, body yeah. care brand, and I mm. okay, I should have like bought something from them on Black Friday, but I didn't. I really want them. So if anyone's listening and wants to get me a Christmas present, yeah. this is what I want. Their branding is so cute. It's very like I feel like adjacent to Everlane, like. If you're an Everlane shopper, really like you probably stuff. have necessary body products. I know. I've always wanted to try it too, but I haven't like taken the plunge. But mm -hmm. maybe this is this is the moment. I know. They have some good ideas, I think, for Globar too. I think they do. A, they're more product, obviously, but mm -hmm. they have a very clear brand. I can see that their flat lays do really well. Like this third one in their feed has like over two thousand likes. Yeah. Flat lays are still a thing. I also noticed that like with beauty brands too, like texture flat lays of like the texture of the product, just like, a, like kill it. I feel like it's like a weird ASMR or something. Yeah. Okay. Our other game is our namesake game. Do you follow? So this is where we bring to the table an account that you think we should follow because they're cool, interesting, smart, funny, inspirational, aspirational, etc. So okay. Isadora, what is yours? Um, I have I have two, but I'll I'll You can do two. Okay. You're allowed. <laughs> okay. The first is We're Not Really Strangers, which is one that I 
uh, referenced earlier today. And I feel like she's been kind of taking off a lot recently. And it's were like W-E-R-E, not really strangers. And she's, I guess she's like a like a graphic designer or something, but she's created um, like a card game that's basically like more meaningful, like creates more meaningful connections between people. But she does this really amazing thing where she um, takes like these quotes that she writes um, that are like usually like kind of emotional or something like that and puts them just on like regular things. Like I'm getting over you slowly and that's okay on like the back of this truck. And like these like very like raw DIY images, but I feel like it's kind of this perfect blend of like things that like are really like inspiring to people, like with quotes on these like really ordinary things that feel Mm -hmm. kind of romantic in a way. Like it kind of reminds me of like a French film in the way that it's like like shot and stuff. And it's all like a very simple font. Yeah. Like this one's like my favorite. It says you can cry in here and it's like, it looks like an Italian restaurant in like little Italy or something. And I don't know. Mm -hmm. I just feel like it's, it's like, it's very like trendy right now too, to be like in touch with one's emotions and talk about it online. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, I love her account. And then the next one is dude with sign, which has been getting a lot of, I don't know this one. So there's dude with sign. And then another person just started dudette with sign. That's like a girl doing it. But it's basically just these like really funny, um, like this guy in different parts of New York holding up the same sign, but with like a different like PSA on each one. Um, But there was like, there was one that was really funny um, that I really liked. Like there's like one that's like stops sending me memes from private accounts and he's just like standing in the middle of New York. There's like people mm-hmm. all around him and he's like carrying the sign. I just I think it's funny that. and it's, it's so cute funny. and kind of about like it's a it's a nice like piece of the cultural zeitgeist right now. Yeah, um, and that's funny you mentioned him because I like also just started following him. Yeah, and I feel like he his first post is from October second, so like this count is now at a million followers. <laughs> oh my god, like insane growth. That's wild. Yeah, that is wild. Okay. I recently discovered um, an account called This Was Hollywood. You guys follow this? No, but I And it's basically just like old school film clips. And it doesn't necessarily have to do with like, you know, intense sort of history on that film. But like the one that I landed on that I loved was... um, the caption is coming into December, like Vera Ellen in White Christmas, 1954. And it's just this like woman who is in this amazing epic outfit, just like dancing. And it's oh, very like, it. <laughs> so Love it's it. like a lot of um, just like feel good content that I, I like to know, like, oh, the, what movie was that? Like, maybe I'll watch that someday on my like never ending Netflix queue. Right. <laughs> I think it's this this post that you reference in particular is fun because like there's this like healthy tension, I guess you could say, between the content of the post, which is like this lady dancing in like the 1950s, mm-hmm. and the caption, which feels like very modern exactly. um, and like relatable. Yeah. Um, like, are you going to be actually like wearing this dress and walking down a red velvet staircase? No, but you feel this sentiment and like in your mind, you're like, yes, this could be me. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Actually I'm trying to figure out how I found this in the first place. I think someone I follow shared it to their stories with mm-hmm. like on December 1st or something. It was like, it's the holidays are here. Okay. Here. Mine is really random and it's actually more about like a trend than like the account itself. So okay. this is like a weird, really weird one. Okay. So it's called sweetheart underscore couple. And I started following a couple of these accounts and I think it's like important. I think about this a lot, like especially the older I get, like understanding how the youngs are like using social <laughs> and like what they think is like cool and important. And there's these accounts where like these teens, like, act out scenes of what they think like an aspirational or like goals couple would be oh my god it's Why? really weird like if you follow them it's like tiktoky it's very tiktoky it's a lot of scenes of like where you think he's like being mean to her and then he's like not that's like what a lot of these are it's really weird <laughs> This is so weird. I know. Oh my God. This is wild. Yeah. I think I probably started following it because I was looking for stuff for Love Story Snapchat, you know, yeah. like couple goals or relationship goals or something. 
but it's just like really interesting. Like what do the youngs like think is cool? Love is? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes. Um, so I follow this and like a couple other ones. It's really bizarre, but I feel like it's like you have to like understand this stuff to like mm-hmm. be good at marketing. Um, Completely. Yeah. So I guess my point is like the casual user should not just like follow this account. It's not like it's good. But if you are like marketing to like youngs or teens, like you should be like deep in the internet figuring this shit out. That was a good one. Really weird, right? Yeah. No, I'm into it though. (laughs) Okay. I think that's it for our episode. Wow. It's so fun. Thank you so much for coming. Oh my God. This was really fun. Anytime you want me back, I just realized that I I love being on a podcast because this is the first one I've ever done. But okay. We'll have you back as like a guest again soon. Yeah. 100%. Love that. So where can people find you and Everlane on social media? So Everlane is just Everlane. Um, We also have the Everlane Women um, account. And then we have our sneaker account, which is Tread by Everlane. And then me, I'm Isadora. And my Instagram is I-S-A-D-O-R-U-H. So it's like the first part of my name, but then ends in (laughs) Ruh. I love it. Great. Thank, Thank you. you so much. Oh, wait, right. actually, one more plug. I have my yeah. my other Instagram account, which is probably my favorite Instagram account, and it's I Love Bathrooms, and it's just people <gasps> in, like, taking bathroom selfies. Has this, like, I love that. When calling. I followed you, I saw that account, and I was like, this is amazing. Yeah. And yeah. that's cheers to having, like, more than one account. Yeah. Oh, I, I, all I know. <laughs> the other one is your cat also, right? Yeah, my cat, yeah. Oh, but I Love Bathrooms <laughs> is love with a L-U-V. Okay. Great. Okay. Yay. Thank you so much. Thank you. Bye. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Do You Follow Podcast, a podcast on social media, digital, and influencer marketing. We are always wanting to hear from you. So if you have a question that you want answered on an upcoming episode, email us at doyoufollowpodcast at gmail.com. Or you can Instagram DM us at jdelphine and at Rachel Jo Silver. We want to hear from you. So we want to feature your questions on an upcoming episode. And if you want us to do an Instagram audit of your account, your business's account, we are happy to do that as well. So just include your question and all the details and we will feature you on an upcoming episode. And if you like the podcast, we would also love your kudos and appreciation. So please leave us a review and rate us in Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts. And thanks for listening. We'll see you guys next time. Bye.